This is Jared Axelrod of the voice of Free Planet X, and you are currently stewing in the Melting Podcast. You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hey there, lexiconosaurs and word chefs. I am your girl, Mistress Erin Kasmark, and welcome to episode 36 of The Melting Podcast. So, as you know, whenever I host, you're going to get something fun. But today I'm going to make you wait for it. So to start you off, I have a little segment of a food critic for you today. Hey, Erin. AF. You know what we haven't done in a while? What's that? Food critic. Oh, you mean you haven't needlessly criticized someone in a while? Yeah. We're we're due. So let's, let's do this. How about you do this? Okay. You know what book I'm going to talk about? Yes. Really? That's impressive. No. There we go. I'm going to be talking about The Thousand Names by Django Wexler, who has like the coolest author. That is an awesome name. That's his real name. Serious? That is his name. Wow. I know, right? Dude, you've got a cool name. Uh Uh-huh. But, okay, so The Thousand Names, I would call it a colonial fantasy. Okay. It's not really the sword and sorcery type. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely fantasy because there is some mysticism and magic involved. Okay. But it's very far from the surface. Um, and our main characters who are part of an army have muskets. They've got pistols and muskets and all that. So it's okay. kind of almost revolutionary kind of period. Yeah. So that's just... I guess You say revolutionary period. You're, you mean the American Revolution. The Ameri- well, yeah. We don't talk about the French Revolution. Well, why? Oh, yeah, because it's French. <laughs> But yeah, uh-huh. so just, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, just I'm I'm starting to come up, just term that kind of mixture as colonial fantasy. I don't know if it's got a real, you know, name or whatever, but I like that idea, just colonial fantasy. I do too. Um, but so the basic uh, plot of this book is it is the first of a series, mm-hmm. which I didn't really realize until I finished it. But hey, what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> that gives you more to read. Yeah. Oh darn, because I really oh. enjoyed it. Um, Shh! Don't give away. Oops. Click, click. Continue. Okay. Our main characters are part of an army which has suddenly come out of stasis and have the dregs of, like, the new recruits and the old veterans who haven't done anything but sit in place for a while. Mm-hmm. And they are tasked to march to try and basically rethrone the prince. Okay. They've got a new... Colonel in charge of the entire regiment, mm-hmm. who has, he's a very smart man, but he's nobility. He doesn't exactly have the on-the-march military experience. and All he, theory, no practice. To a certain degree, yes. He's extremely secretive. Ooh. And just really hard to trust him. Okay. Plus magic. Plus magic. Plus magic. So how did you feel about the characters? Were they well-developed? or The characters were extremely well-developed. There are a few POV characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Captain Marcus, 
mm-hmm. who was one of the ones in charge of the old veterans who were just kind of sitting in place for two years. Okay. And he is extremely capable. He's a good career soldier. He knows what he's doing. He's, you know, very close with a lot of the other captains just because, you know, they went to, you know, officer school together and all this. Um, and he is the one who we see most often interacting with the colonel and is feeling very much like Harry Potter and Harry Potter five in that he's constantly left out. Just the colonel does not give him the information that he needs to do his job properly. Okay. So like the Harry Dumbledore relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, then there's my favorite character, Winter, who is a woman who has been masquerading as a soldier for at least two years and has been keeping her secret. And she is extremely capable. Um, Like I said, nobody knows her secret and she is all of a sudden finding herself not just a grunt. She has been given a, an emergency field promotion with several others because they're getting all these new recruits who need people to lead them. So she's suddenly finding herself in a leadership position when she's trying to hide. That can cause problems. Mm-hmm. So she's suddenly got corporals answering to her. She's got power. She has her old sergeant, who is a complete and utter asshat bully, giving her crap because why do you have a promotion? You barely look like you're 12 years old, little boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, we've, there are a lot, a lot of secondary characters. You get um, Corporal Bobby, who is a very... That just sounds funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> Corporal Bobby. Bobby is extremely eager to please. You get Feor, who is a mystic priestess. From, I like that name. I know, right? But she is from basically the enemy side. And mm-hmm. Winter and Bobby end up rescuing her. And so she's the one who starts to reveal all the mysticism of... That magic, yeah, magic really does exist. Okay. Um, so it, does not everyone in this world know that magic exists? It's not a very common thing? It's, it's mostly like if we were to go see snake charmers. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that that's so mystic, but it can't be real. Don't really like, believe in it. Yeah. It's, Flim flam. Yeah. To a, I mean, they're, they're, they think that, you know, there's, there's craziness around, but they still do the superstitious, you know, their equivalent of making the sign of the cross to ward off evil. Okay. So it's superstitious people who don't necessarily believe in the supernatural, but don't necessarily disbelieve it either. Okay. Yeah. I actually like that. It's, it's That's re- pretty cool. It's really well done because there's so little of the mysticism in the first half of the book until Feor shows up. And then it just a whole other world blooms. But yeah, I mean, the supporting cast is huge, but everybody is so distinct. It's, it's extremely well fleshed out. Okay. What age group would you say that this is geared towards? Um, I would definitely say late teens at the, at the youngest um, there are okay. some adult situations. There is some language. Okay. Um, like uh, Winter's old Sergeant, Sergeant Davies, you just want to kick his ass. And there's there's violence, and yes, it's raining. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Easily distracted. Yeah. I mean, but there's lots of, there. there's violence, there's blood, there's injury. I mean, it's about an army. There, there's yeah. war, there's it's battles. It's about war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are some sexual situations, nothing graphic sexually. Okay. Um. But there are sexual situations. There's at least one F-bomb. For the record, AF is not blushing. Yeah. 
<laughs> For someone with such a dirty mind, you're actually pretty innocent. It's adorable. Thanks. Hey, you still have the grace to blush. That's something in this world, right? Yes. Moving on. Moving on. So how did you feel the pacing went? Did it jump right into action? Did it feel too slow, too fast? Or This book felt pensive. Okay. If that makes sense. It it wasn't like one of those books where nothing happens. You, uh, you've read the first, well, you've read the whole Wheel of Time series. Mm -hmm. The first time you read those first few books, it feels like there's nothing happening. It's just very... It's all such small scale. It is. And that's kind of how this felt, because everything it was... I mean, you start off with just the army getting their new recruits. There was some training. There was some marching. It was very, very calm. But stuff was still happening. It was all very character-based as opposed to the larger plot. And then finding out that it's a series mm -hmm. makes that make sense. If it yeah. had been standalone, would you have been as accepting of that? Honestly, I probably would have. Uh, you get caught up in the characters before you really worry about the plot. And I think that was done beautifully. Okay. I so this is one that made you really care about the characters. Oh, absolutely. Good. Because just the way that, that Wexler introduced them all is because, you know, you see stuff from Winter's point of view. You see Marcus. You see mm -hmm. Marcus meet the colonel. And just the guy's holding a scorpion, a poisonous scorpion, and just inspecting it when Marcus <laughs> first meets him. I mean... Alrighty then. Yeah, just the first impressions. Whoa, we got a badass up in here. <laughs> Yanis. <laughs> and you're done. That's his name. Um, but he just keeps introducing small elements bit by bit. And it's honestly, it's like watching a garden grow. I mean, this book was, tw I listened to the audio version. This book was 21 plus hours, like 21 and like 20 minutes. So it, it's a long listen, but it just keeps on growing and blossoming and get, you get offshoots and the whole thing just, it just grows the entire time. So did you feel like this book at any point fell into any tropes? Were there any instances that you can think of off the top of your head? I know you read a lot that you were kind of like, really? Because I'll say to me, the idea of the, the woman hiding her mm -hmm. identity in order to do a man's work it is a little bit tropey, but it can be told really, really mm -hmm. well, so it makes up for a trope. Well, when I first found out that Winter was a girl, which you do find out very quickly, it's not a secret, except to the other characters, I was afraid it was going to be tropey. Mm -hmm. Wexler did not make it tropey because she wasn't just entering in the army. She hadn't just snuck in. She's been doing this for two years. Mm -hmm. um, she's getting promotions. She's proving herself in battle. She's... She's shown capabilities above and beyond even what her male, counterparts. her male counterparts are doing. She's made a point of learning the enemy's language mm -hmm. pretty well. Um, she's, you know, she's not the perfect soldier. She has her, you know, fears. She obviously she has her secrets, mm -hmm. um, but she, and she's not afraid to disobey orders. She's. She wants so to she's not so intent on hiding her identity that she won't take risks if she thinks no. it's the right thing to do. But and another thing, though, is, you know, it would be so easy for her to be, you know, the tomboy, not a girly. She, you find out some about her past. Mm -hmm. And she's not afraid to be a woman either. She's just not in a situation where she can. 
I like that. That does help it avoid being tropey. It really, it really did because that, like I said, that's the trope that jumped out at me that could have fallen into that trap, and he didn't. And I loved it. Like I said, Winter was my favorite character, hands down. Anytime I heard that the section was from her POV, I was just happy as a clam. Were there any other tropes that you noticed or that stuck out? Not really. Wow. Um, That's an accomplishment. Like I said, not that that stuck out to me because anything that he could have done that would have been tropey, he pretty much took it another direction. Just like he did with Winter's story. Some things are hard to avoid that have turned into tropes just because mm-hmm. there's so many authors out there yeah. now and so many books out there now. It's just a matter of doing something unexpected with the same kind of character, the yeah. same. And he did and well it, done. He did it extremely well. Nice. So from one to five spoons, getting the range there, how many spoons would you give it? I would give it four and a half. Okay. Or four and a grapefruit spoon. <laughs> Four and a spork? Four and a spork. <laughs> spork and a half. Oh, God, now we're just getting confusing. Now, I would give it four and a half spoons. It was, like I said, it was very well written. The characters were really in-depth. Um, and even though the pacing did grow and blossom really well, it was still a little bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I can't give it the full five, but I will definitely, it, it definitely deserved more than a four. All right. Fair enough. Thank you very much. So don't forget, go check out The Thousand Names by Django Wexler. Uh, You can get that on Amazon, wherever fine books are sold, or the audio version, which was really, really well narrated on Audible. All right. Well, seeing as we've criticized someone, I think we should now promote someone. So why don't you take a listen to this and maybe go check it out? Hi. This is Jared Axelrod. What's in your hand? Set it on the ground. I said on the ground. And look, it's it's a microphone, okay? It's just a microphone. I do a show called The Voice of Free Planet X for Galactic Public Radio. Who let you in here? Oh, I'm a reporter. No one lets me in anywhere. I travel to other planets and alternate Earths. Wait, you've been to other worlds? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I use this gravity-based fold processor. (gasps) Nice! Wrist-mounted? You must have backed the Kickstarter. Which means I've met some unusual people. I am Kix the Kung Fu Clown, and I, with the help of my fellow members of Odd Fellows Local 157, saved the goddamn world from an evil your waking mind can barely comprehend. They will come for this jewel we call home. And we, the children of the Deator, will have to prove our worthiness by destroying them before they can claim it. Have you ever seen the cockles of a heart? They are cavernous things, like oubliettes. Could bury anything for ages down there. I'm from your future, remember? I've heard this episode already, centuries ago. And I dug it up yesterday. How else do you think I knew all of my lines? As if your small little mind could ever comprehend the weight that is the crown of the Scarlet Scepter. Gorga cannot get inside package. Well, you should have taken it then if you didn't know how to open it. Gorga want inside package. You know, as a as a fungaloid myself, I feel like yeah, we're all connected. And but I also thought, well, how stupid are these people? Like, you know, well. 
if I may say so, like humans, who don't get that. Like, what does it take? The voice of Free Planet X. True stories of fictional people. Only at planetx.libson.com. All righty, you know what time it is now, folks. It's an episode that I'm hosting solo. Come on. If you don't know where this is going already, then you must be new. And if so, hi. I'm the best host. You'll like me the best. You can't see it, but I'm waving at you and smiling. It's pretty awesome. So, all right, here you go. What you've been waiting for, I'm sure. A serving of our botched recipes. Bon appetit. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. In the event of an actual emergency, you will hear nothing. <laughs> I don't know. You might hear AFs, wordless screams, wordless girls um, screams. In the event of an actual emergency, you will hear the following sound. This has been a test of the emergency podcasting system. Either that or shit, 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 No, I don't mean just sitting here listening to me, though. If you were thinking that, thank you. That That's a nice compliment. No, what we're all looking... I've been holding that burp. Well, I'm glad I screwed up so you could burp. Thank you. It's hurting. Yeah. Okay, whale like the sound of a ship's steam whistle. Choo-choo! <laughs> <laughs> and boy, do I have some stuff for you. First off, a cat. First off, a cat. Does, does a thing. And again, I know I heard this name differently. But I will go with Hafa's transliteration. Also, as if on cue... The thunder rumbled louder as Mr. Osi- Mr. Osiris. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Osiris. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Say your fucking line. My fucking line. <laughs> and that's the best I can do with an Irish accent, folks. Right. He then spoke again. <laughs> He then spoke again. But without laughing at the end. Yeah, laugh at the beginning. He then spoke again. After 30 seconds, a small figurine that looked like a cubist... Stop being self-conscious. Yeah. In my peripheral... Peripheral... Proliferal. Proliferal. No, never. What, never? Not, never. Yeah. We riddled far into the night, and I will admit he was quicker than me on every answer. Old. That's not a cat, that's just a pile of fat with fur. Note that the wording here is how Hafa wrote it. Hafa, Hafa, Hafa. 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 You've been saying Hafa. Hafa. David has a hopper. <laughs> this is why we need a Patreon, more Patreon backers, so we can actually build ourselves like a little recording booth, and this won't be a problem anymore. Yeah. Please support us on Patreon. 
you know, that's probably something you're going to cut, and it's not funny enough to end up in the blooper reel, so no one's ever going to hear that. Nope. Except you, when you have to edit this. Yep. You're basically talking to yourself. You're yep. telling yourself to put more money in the Patreon. Yep. But I kept a stip off her lip. Off her lip? <laughs> off her? <laughs> Apparently P's go interchange with F's. But I kept a stip off her Dang it, why stip. am I pronouncing with F's? Stip upper. Stiff upper. Stiff upper. Stiff upper lip. Apparently I just really don't want to say this first sentence of the next paragraph. But I kept a stiff upper lip. I just stip. It's like spoons. Spoon. The place isn't easy to find, which surprised me at first. With all the work men do, that would... That's a really long rambling sentence, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try this again. No, tonight I feel I should give you something with a bit more meat up on the bones, as they say. Tonight I'll talk of... <laughs> I'll talk of having a hairball. Blah, blah, blah. Scuttlebutt. Yeah, you just gotta say titters, and now you say scuttlebutt. <laughs> Scott. Say penis and sex. Scott. Me too. But Scott, you realize the words you write, I must say. <laughs> Scuttlebutt. <laughs> and get it out of my system. Have you read Milton? Not you. <laughs> Tonks. Try us again. Have you read Milton? We're back. We're back. Oh, you're both of us. We're back. We're back. Okay, are you all right? We're back. No, really, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> We're back. I'm kind of freaking me out. <laughs> freaking me out, man. <laughs> what? We're back. I'd met Mr. Osiris two nights previous there. 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 Tonight, I'll talk of hell. Stop rattling shit, I have another line. <laughs> Speaking of rattling shit, have you read Milton? <laughs> that was funny. Oh, man. Unleash the beast. Yeah, let me, say that, line, let me say that line again without Thea laughing at the end. From a recorded conversation with Osiris Osiris, occultant, yeah, occult, occult. From a recorded conversation with Osiris Osiris. You're making yourself laugh. I know, it's terrible. Stop it. Yeah. I'm going to eat so much chocolate while you're recording. Because it's sitting there right next to me. I opened it, and I don't know why I opened it, because I knew I should not eat it before trying to record. It would make my mouth gummy. But now it's just sitting there staring at me. No, it's mine. (laughs) Cadbury caramel-filled eggs are not to be touched by anyone but me. Unless you're touching them in the form of bringing them to me or buying them for me. We do have another Scott Roche story. Yay! But he... Has pulled a Hugh O'Donnell. <gasps> he wrote a main ingredient story based off of a Stoke the Fire prompt. How dare he? Uh-huh. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Let's listen to it. 
Okay. This is for prompt number shit. No. Tonight, I feel I should give you something with a bit more meat upon the bones, as they say. Bones? Yeah, that's another word. <laughs> bones. But so much better. And I'm your head chef, AF Grappin. Yes, you are. Yeah. Rock this joint. Don't. It needs to stay still. Oh, recording okay. and all. Right, right. What are we recording again? Episode 27 Epis- of the Melting Podcast. Episode 27. Aw, that's almost as many years as me. Yeah. So in a month, we'll be the number of episodes you are in years. That's, We're lame. Yeah, that's why we cook things here. We, do, we don't math. Okay, we can cut that. Yeah. Thank goodness we can cut that. Yeah. If we ever did a live recording, we'd be screwed. Yep. Ah, that was fun. So now that I've tickled your funny bones, or fed your funny, or basted, basted, I basted your funny bones. That's what I've done. Yeah. So now that I've basted your funny bones, time for some announcements. First of all, prompt nine is now closed. Rest in peace, sweet prompt. Oh, okay, I'm over it. And still open is prompt number 10. An animal from outside your local ecosystem has entered nature and is breeding uncontrollably. Ooh. Have fun with that one. Bless you, Cersei. And new opening now, prompt number 11. The empanadas you just took out of the oven have exploded, and something alive is coming out of them. Okay, that's awesome. (laughs) I can think of a few of our regular contributors who might have some fun with that. And since you all love us, because we know you totally do, check us out on iTunes, maybe leave us a review. It always helps and broadens our visibility. So please and thank you. And if you feel like it, you know, if you got a spare buck or so a month to spare, run on over to our Patreon. We've got great backer benefits and swag. There's a an episode that only Patreon backers will get to hear. Hint, 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 you know you want it. So head on over to patreon.com slash afgrappin and give that a look-see. And don't forget to check out our swag site, shop.spreadshirt.com slash meltingpodcast. You can get stuff. We like stuff. Um, if you want to beg for short stories, we need main ingredient submissions. Ooh. Speaking of stuff, there's some stuff that you should send us, please. We need short story submissions for our main ingredients. We're running a little low on material, people, and you know you totally want us to do your work, right? Right? Right, I knew you did. I see you smiling over there. So please, please, please head over to our website, check out the submissions tab, find out the requirements, and get something sent on over to us. We really want to, you know, promote you guys, and we can't do that unless you send us stuff. So, like I said, send us stuff, and we'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at TheMeltingPodcast.com You can also find us on Twitter at MeltingPodcast or you could email us TheMeltingPodcast at gmail.com 
The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff. <laughs>